Whoa, oh, oh, all right then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slum Society Show. I am your nutritionist, as always, Connor Rhodes, but you knew that, didn't you? <laughs> you knew that. I just say it for the introduction, hello and how are you? It's lovely to be speaking to you again. I'm checking in with you on a beautiful Wednesday. Just seeing how you are. If you want to let me know how you are, then go to slumsociety.co.uk or go to the Slum Society Facebook page and drop in a little message. Drop in a little message-a-roo from me to you. Couldn't you? And I've had a great day. Thank you for asking. I've had a fantastic day. It's been lovely weather in sunny central Sheffield, central England. It's been lovely weather for the last three days. It's now Wednesday, and the weather says going forward that it's going to turn back to nine degrees, and then next week it's going to be snow. Woo! What a way to celebrate coming out of the end of lockdown, eh? But we don't mind, it's only the weather. If you expect the weather to be good, you've got terrible perspective. We live in England. It's like people who are really unhappy when it's winter, or when it's raining, or when it's cold, and this severely affects their mental health. I understand it's a real thing. But also, you need to either learn to cope with it, because we live in England, and it's, or you live in Britain, wherever you might be. Actually, a lot of people who live in this show don't, so lucky you. Lucky you! Because the some various apps that I upload this podcast to tell me, not who the listeners are, but how many listens we get, and what countries they come from. And it's a wide variety, surprisingly to me. So, hello, people from around the world. It's lovely to be speaking with you. I am here to help you with your happiness and health, your fat loss, food and fitness. Don't you know? Yes, you did. And in um, in sunny central Sheffield, it's been a cool, calm 18 to 19 degrees. So I've been going for a few walks in a few little parks, of which we are quite lucky to have a few in Sheffield. And today I went for a little walk down one of the canals. Very nice. Very nice. And now I'm here back and talking to you. I'm here back talking to you. So I hope you're having a great day too. Today, we are going to be talking about and discussing a question that literally got sent in to me today. Literally got sent in to me, in to me today. And like I said, you can send in questions too. And if, if you do, I'll get back to you privately, of course. I'll get back to you privately, of course. But sometimes, if your question's fantastic, or if I feel like, I don't know, it maybe has a bit of wider breadth or wider audience interest, I might ask if it's okay if anonymously I turn your question into a podcast, if I answer the question again. If I answer the question again for people in the public, just to try and help you. And a question came in, and it's actually a few questions in one. There's a few little things that I would like to talk about here today. I've got a few points coming up as well for these few questions, but I'm just going to read it out to you. There's a few questions in one blended, but I'll say start quote and then I'll say end quote (laughs) at the end. So quote open. Hey Connor, what would you recommend to someone with a sweet tooth who would happily replace meals with a chocolate bar? How do you change this for health? Obviously I know that's not a well-rounded balanced diet, but ignoring weight loss, question mark, what would we do? Also, what are your thoughts on anyone who starts a diet will gain back more weight than they lost when they finish? End quote. Ooh, nice one. Nice question, eh? So, someone with a sweet tooth who would happily replace meals with a chocolate bar, how do you change this for health? They say with the caveat of not taking into account weight loss, which is 
one of the points we could come to because you can't really fully consider health without considering weight loss. I know there's been a lot going around the internet and the wider world about health at any weight sort of thing, especially in January this year, this was a big sort of thing and push. And it's kind of true, it's kind of true, but it's also largely not true. Like you can have really top end or off the scale BMIs and not have sort of metabolic issues Sometimes, but it, it shows in studies maybe only 5 to 10% to of people do have higher body weights and experience like literally no issues from this. It's not, it's not the vast majority of people. It's not most. Most people who come to me can feel it. They don't even need a test to tell them that they don't feel good. Sometimes it doesn't even show up on a blood test. Feel good's not a measure, is it? Sometimes it doesn't even show up on a, on a blood test. Some people just know. Anyway, people are different. Anyway, people are different, but she says she's not talking about weight loss, which again, weight loss and health, they kind of go together. Like if you've got diabetes or polycystic ovary syndrome, these things are exacerbated and exaggerated by higher weights, aren't they? This is, I coach people literally with diabetes and with polycystic ovary syndrome and all, all the time, literally all the time. And these things quite often are exacerbated or in, in sometimes in terms of the type 2 diabetes created by higher body weights, aren't they? So then by fixing the body weight, it fixes the health issue. But I feel like I've said enough on that point. Now, let's just move on and let's get into the actual crux of it. She says, obviously, I know that's not a well-rounded, balanced diet, but <clears throat> what can we do to help? And then we'll go on to question two after. Also, what are your thoughts on anyone who will... No, sorry, I'm reading that wrong. On anyone who starts a diet will gain back more than they lost when they stop. All right. So question one, what about somebody with a sweet tooth who would gladly replace meals with chocolate. What could we do and where should we start? All right, firstly, I understand. Firstly, I understand exactly how this lady feels. I'm stood in my office right now and I'm looking at a sign on my wall that says, I love chocolate. If you've ever, if you've ever, any, ever seen any wider shot angles of my office, like on longer video podcasts, for example, some of which can be found on YouTube, which interestingly, while this podcast and Facebook gets a lot of attention, Facebook does flipping great. We've just started Instagram. Hopefully that takes off. Um, you can find Slum Society at all these places. The iTunes, um, Google Cast and Spotify podcast that you're listening to now does great in terms of listens. So thank you very much. Show it around to your friends, give us a rating, do the thing. Beautiful, we appreciate. Um, YouTube, I've got flipping 13 followers and I think two of them are my alternate accounts. I've got five views on each video and I think they're all me. Three of them's, three of them's me checking that it uploaded correctly. <laughs> two of them's me maybe checking something else at a later, you know. Anyway, anyway, I'm literally looking at a sign on my wall that says I love chocolate and it's there because yes, it's kind of ironic because it's in a nutritionist's office. It's just, look, it's just me poking fun. Okay. But also it's true. Also it's true. I know exactly how this lady feels with a sweet tooth, don't you? Yes, you do. Likely you do, <laughs> don't you? Most people have got a sweet tooth. So one thing that I always encourage people to do is please don't feel like any of these weight loss struggles that you're having or food issues, you know, 
it's not just you. Don't feel alone. You don't have to be alone. You can come and join my group for a start if you want. We'll look after you. We've got hundreds of people who, who feel exactly like you or have done at some point. Maybe they don't all feel exactly like you, but there are some people who always feel like something that's similar to what you feel like, of course. Because yes, while you are a unique person and you've got unique stresses and struggles and it's a unique life and you like different foods to what other people like and you've got a different metabolism, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yes, I know, all that's different for you. But we are still all humans. Most of us, people who contact me, live in the Western world as well. We've got that in similar. Most people are ladies, to be fair. Not everybody, but the Slim Society Six Steps to Slim program is literally, out of the members, it's 90% women. It's 10% men, most likely. Um, even though we have male supporting coaches and stuff like that. Now, it, it is kind of geared up to help ladies, I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's kind of like Slimming World. It's like... It's parallels. I mean, we don't do the same things and the program's not the same, but it's set up pretty... Like, Slimming World's not just for ladies, is it? But when you go there, it's mostly ladies, isn't it? I know. It's the same with personal training, though, to be fair. And I used to be a personal trainer for a decade, full-time, for about flipping seven or eight of those years, literally, like, 40 sessions a week, which is, like, 60-plus hours work per week, literally. Um, and 75% of everybody who comes for personal training in the UK is a female... Not entirely sure why. Maybe it's because women care to look after themselves more. Like a lady will pay to get her nails done and her hair done. And you'll you'll pay for nice clothes. And or, or some people, each and any of these things, you know. But you know ladies that are like this. Not everyone. I'm not trying to, again, say everyone's the same. But you know, you get the feeling that I'm going for. So maybe I just feel like they'll also pay for some weight loss and nutrition help and to feel good in that way too. Whereas I don't feel like men generally do too much. Like, I shave my own head. So even, even just from my experience, I don't go to no barbers. I know some people do. Like, if you've got cool hair, I'm bald. I'm sorry. But <laughs> if you've got cool hair, then you need someone to cut your cool hair. No, if I don't, so I just shave my own head. I just wear the same clothes. You've probably seen me on video. I'm just, I'm a simpleton. Okay. <laughs> Bear no fancy. So, I don't know. Anyway. I don't know, but likely you feel the same, don't you, in terms of sweet tooth? Let's bring it back to the to the topic at hand. You you likely feel the same, or if you don't, if you're not a sweet tooth, you're a savoury tooth, aren't you? Some of you are like, yeah, but Connor, I don't like chocolate. I like pork pies. I know, but we all have our perchant, don't we? We all have our preference, <laughs> don't we? We all have our preferences, but you know what I mean. We all like junk food, don't we? And would you rather gladly swap healthier meals for junk food meals? I'm guessing that you would. I would, literally, I would. I know how this lady feels on a on an intrinsic basis because I literally feel the same. I would eat chocolate every day. Um, I could eat chocolate every day to be fair, but I choose not to. And we're gonna get into reasons about this and why. But I definitely could. And I'd like it. Do I want chocolate every day? Yes. Do I eat it every day? No. But why is the question isn't it? And this this is worth thinking about. And I understand how this, I understand that other people also understand how this lady feels. It's not just this lady with a sweet, sweet tooth, is it? Flipping neck. Or if you're a savoury tooth, everyone's got a something tooth. I hope at least you've got some teeth. <laughs> oh, of course I'm joking. Um, although I do hope you have teeth. But anyway, anyway. Every single day, you know, I ask my girlfriend, what would you like for our evening meal? 
what do you want for dinner? <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Every day she says, pizza! Enthusiastically. And every day we laugh. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Every day she says pizza. Every day we laugh. And we laugh for two reasons. We laugh for two main reasons. Number one is it's true. <laughs> That's why some things are funny, aren't they? Because they're true, at least a little bit. So we laugh because it's true. I know that she actually does want pizza every single day. Um, and I know, I know that because, well, she's told me and I believe her. But I also want pizza every day, so I understand the feeling. Pizza is pretty much my favourite food. Just pepperoni. That's all I really want. I don't want barbecue base. I'm sorry. I don't mind pineapple on it, but I'm not going to choose it. You know, same with most. I just want pepperoni. If we're going chorizo, I'm good with it. I want some spicy sausage. I want cheese and I want tomato. I want basics. <laughs> and I'm a stickler for a good crust. You know, if it's a poor bread, I'm a big bread lover. If it's a poor bread, there's going to be down markings. I also want pizza every day. If it made no difference to anything else, I would pretty much eat pizza every day. I bet. Close. It would be close. It would be close. And some days I might even eat chocolate for breakfast. This is what literally I would find maybe easier. Maybe. Maybe more pleasurable. Maybe more taste preferential. <laughs> you know. Wouldn't you? Maybe you do. Some people do. Some people just eat whatever they want at every single meal. Like for breakfast, do you eat, do you think, hmm, what do I fancy for breakfast? And then you eat that. Or, you know, for lunch, do you think, oh, what do I fancy? And then you eat that. Or when you go to a restaurant or you order a takeaway, do you think, what do I fancy the most? Are you just eating just purely based on pleasure? Just, what do I want to taste? Mm. What does my mouth want to feel? Good question. Good question. Because part one was we laugh myself and my girlfriend, when every single day she says pizza, because number one, it's true, but number two, the second, I said it's two reasons, the second part reason is we're not going to do it. And that's why it's funny, because she's half taking the piss. <laughs> she knows we're not going to eat pizza every day, especially not if we ate pizza yesterday. She says it half because it's true, but half as a joke as well. Half as a joke as well. And this is very, very important, because it's, it's about balance. This is what it's about, really bringing us around to the crux of the conversation. A lot of things in life, if you think about it, oh, a lot of things in life come down to balance, literally. So do I want pizza every day? Yes. Do I do it? No. Why? Balance. Firstly, if you have anything every day, you'll appreciate it less and it'll actually give you less pleasure. You'll actually have down regulation of dopamine. You'll physically get less pleasure. You know, if you eat chocolate every day, maybe some listeners do, when you eat chocolate, you think, hmm, chocolate, nice. I only eat chocolate, I don't know, once or twice a week. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it when I do because it's at least been a few days since I ate something. And I'm not talking about like little chocolate nibbles. I try and like, you know, stay away from little snacks like that. I try and if I'm eating something, I'm eating something good. You know, like a dessert or something like this. I'm probably eating something like this once or twice a week. And when I have it, I'm thinking, oh my God, this is amazing. I was ready for this. If you have dessert every day, you're just like, yeah, dessert. It's not, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not saying it even tastes different to you. But you'll appreciate it less, which is interesting to even start with. So it's even, it's even a balance in that. But there's a bigger balance. There's a balance to all foods, really. And this is a nice little separation I could give you. This is only, this is only an idea. It's only, it's only a way of thinking. It's not necessarily true or real. And there's many caveats to it, but 
This helps people and it helps me. Have a little think about it like this. There's two types of food. Imagine you could put food into two main categories. Two categories I could give you would be this. Food for fun, category one. Food for function, category two. No, I don't know about you, but I think that's nice. Food for fun, food for function. If, you've, if you have noticed anything about this show or about me, one of them must be that I love alliteration. That's why it's the Slim Society Six Steps to Slim. <laughs> I like Dr. Seuss as well, you know. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I remember watching The Lorax and being appalled at the lack of rhymes. Watch it back, you tell me. Dr. Seuss, known for a good rhyme, not this time. Me and a load of ten-year-olds sat in the cinema, they're pleased. I'm there thinking, what is this? I've come here for a good rhyme. Not a bad time. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> food for fun and food for function. Also, it's true though, isn't it? There's some foods that are good for you. Why do you eat them? Like a salad. Is it because it's the nicest thing ever? Sometimes, alright. If it's a warm day, you might think, oh, that's a nice fresh crunch. Alright. But mostly, is it the most glorious best tasting thing ever not really is it it's it's salad isn't it same as vegetables isn't it is it the most gorgeous gluttonous enter your describing words here <laughs> not really is it do you ever have cravings for vegetables not often mm, not often it's not the most pleasurable food but it's for function isn't it it's for function this is the game some foods are good for you. They're, they're actually what your body's made from, you know. Think about this. The only thing that's gone into your body to... Since, 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 since you were born, since you were born to grow you into a full-sized human is the foods that you've eaten. Now think back to the phrase, you are what you eat. Oh shit, isn't it? <laughs> you are what you eat. And do you know that most cells turn over in your body once per year? By the time it's been one year, most cells in your body have renewed to a new one. Not all, but most. So you're basically what you ate last year. <laughs> On a literal level. Some foods are just for fun. They're not really, it's not really giving you any nutrition. Is it like chocolate? It's giving you calories, which, okay, you could class that as nutrition and some people might need calories. Say you're underweight for some example. You know, there's caveats and situations all, all the time. I know that you know. But in general, chocolate, crisps, it's not that it's bad for you because it's not really, not unless it's in excess or it's pushing other nutrients out of your diet and you're not actually eating anything else. And then why would it even be bad for you? Is it, even, is it even then that those direct nutrients are bad for you? Not really. It's that too much of anything can be a bad thing. And if you don't get the good things then detriments and negatives will be created anyway on their own. So some foods are fun and some foods are for function. If you only eat food for fun, sometimes there'll be no function or there'll be struggle to function. Think about this as well. Let's take it one step further. You cannot very well at least run a human body on pizza. <laughs> or chocolate not really well not I, I promise you I promise you you you, oh, you just can't you can't run a human body successfully on just donuts <laughs> or even on donuts and chocolate or something it's just this is just not what your body 
requires in terms of well-rounded nutrition, is it? You need proteins, don't you? I know you've heard of that, I know. Vitamins and minerals, I know. Vitamins and minerals, fiber. Essential fats, oh, essential fats as well. Good ones as well. Good ones as well. If you eat only food for fun, there'll be no function. They'll start to become issues because the foods that are fun are also too high calories and then too high calories gives you high body weight, doesn't it? Then that most of the time, like we were saying at the start, creates its own issues. Then it's diabetes, it's blood sugar management issues or it's pre-diabetes, isn't it? Or it's joint ache or it's, you know, mobility issues, whatever it might be whatever it might be, coming from eating too much food for fun and no food for function or not enough food for function. What if you eat only food for function? Boring. You'll regret that. You will. Because food's pleasurable, you know. That's half, or <laughs> a quarter one side of one of the issues, ain't it? <laughs> I know that you know. So food's pleasurable, isn't it? This is this is part of it. This is part of the thing. And if you only ate food for function, you were just some kind of broccoli warrior. Or, I don't know, some clean eating something. <laughs> Insert your own describing words. I don't know. Somebody who was a real stickler for a clean, plain vegetable. That'd be boring, wouldn't it? What are you going to do? Are you never going to eat pizza ever again? Because I am. <laughs> you can do what you want. I mean... You're choosing to listen to me and have this conversation, thank you. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're you're a human with free will, aren't you? I am not your father. You can actually eat whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. So I don't know what you're gonna eat, but I am gonna eat some pizza. Yep, I'm gonna eat some chocolate too. I'm gonna go on holiday. I hope it's this year. I've felt the sun for the last three days and now I wish for more. <laughs> this has reignited the love for sun in my soul and now I really want to go on holiday. Before I wasn't feeling too bad. I did want to go visit different places, but maybe I've just gotten to the point where I just wasn't too picky. I'll go to York, I fancy Scotland, I fancy the south coast of Britain. Literally, I fancy the, from the highlands of Scotland to the <laughs> to the Cornwall, Dorset. <laughs> I, um, sort of areas, you know. Um, I fancy it right from the top, right to the bottom, and anywhere in between. <laughs> I'm just looking for an adventure, some different scenery. If I can sit in a cafe, oh my lord, I'll take a scone, please and thank you. I'll take what I can get at any point these days. <laughs> After I've been a cooped up Connie, and you've been a cooped up Kathy, haven't you? Non-visitations and all that jazz. Coming to an end though soon, coming to an end though soon. So I'm going to go on holiday, I'm going to go all inclusive. As long as the buffets are open. Because I am going to check that and I would encourage you to check that too. If you're thinking, holiday, just check that it's going to be the same. Check that the swimming pool is actually going to be open and that the buffets. Because if there's no buffet, I'm not going. I'm sorry. You can go. You can, you can go. I'm not going. Literally, like one of the restaurants I want to go to is also Chow Baby at Meadow Hall. At Meadow Hall um, the shopping centre on the outskirts of Sheffield. And it's an unlimited Thai buffet. And if you go on an evening or a weekend, it's, look, it's too many calories, okay. But it's absolutely excellent, the buffet they've got on. They've just got massive piles of everything that's great. Healthy and non-healthy, take your please. <laughs> like ve like vegetables that are pretty plain and nice cooked meats that are pretty plain, but then you can also get all the sauces and the stuff and all the starters and desserts and they have pancakes with this pandan custard, which is one of my, pandan custard is one of my favorite things 
on the earth. On the earth. But in between lockdowns or at some point before lockdown, I don't know. I'm not even sure what's going on at this point. But <laughs> when the restaurants were open, the buffet was not. I didn't go. And the buffet is part of it to me. I want to go up to it. I want to choose my own bits of meat. Thank you. I want my exact portions, what I want, and as many plates as I want, and I don't necessarily want to ask. I'm not the king. I don't need to be waited on. I will get up and go get it myself, and I will actually prefer it. <laughs> and I'm the same all-inclusive on holiday. I want the massive buffet every single evening. Pref breakfast as well. I want the massive breakfast buffet. I want to peruse. I'm going to look around. I'm going to look at the breads that are all different colours than usual and think, ooh, maybe be a bit too scared to try it. There's going to be loads of stuff that I'm going to be too scared to try. But that's part of the experience. That's part of what I want <laughs> from the experience. If it's not going to be that, I'll wait. <laughs> I'll literally just wait. I'll visit Scotland or Midland or... I really do fancy the South Coast as well. Beautiful. I've actually, this this is true, I've actually, in my life, I've been to other countries and I've been up and down and left and right, but I've never been in Britain below London. I've been to London, but never below. I've never explored any of those areas. I don't know where anything is, uh, but I love nice scenery and I love, I love ancient history as well and human history and stuff like that. I want to go to Cheddar Gorge. Some people think, Cheddar Gorge, what's there? Just old like skeletons and stuff were found there. And I just, I like to look at places where in my mind, I can imagine that it's been like that for a long, long time. Since like hunter-gatherers were running around. I like to see some natural earth sometimes, the way it's always been. <laughs> Which is hard to find these days, surprisingly. It's hard to find. Like it depends how far back in history you go. Like even, what's the sort of, I don't know if it's a wildlife, see I don't know anything about this, what, I don't think it's a wildlife park or it's a nature reserve or what it is, but Dartmoor, you know, down south in the bottom left of England, I'm sure you do, that used to be a forest, you know, until humans chopped it down, and it was like, oh, I don't know exactly what year, <laughs> but like probably 5,000 years ago or more, it was a long, long time ago. Um, but that used to be so even that when you get there it's been like that for a long time but not a long long time so it depends how far back you go if you go back before 12,900 years do you know the entire Brit the entire of Britain was covered in one meet one mile sorry deep of ice if you go back to about 13 or 14 or more thousand years the entirety of Britain it just was the North Pole here it's still that deep in ice at the North Pole one mile sometimes plus I think sometimes two miles at deep bits that's as flipping high as airplanes go. Literally. <laughs> the entire of Britain was um, covered in ice, so there wasn't anybody here, really. And then it's theorised, don't you know, that a meteor came down and broke into several fragments, possibly about nine, and then peppered the Earth, or Northern Europe and places like that particularly, and... Caused a whole lot of disruption, obviously. Massive explosions, probably tidal waves, probably fires, probably volcanoes going off and all kinds of stuff. And it's called the Younger Dryas event. Younger, like, younger, older person. There's also an older Dryas, <laughs> literally. And it's the Younger Dryas. D-R-Y-A-S. It's the Younger Dryas event. Some scientists think it might be caused by different things, but I think at this point most people think it was pretty much, or they pretty much come to the idea or conclusions that a comet came down. Basically, everybody in Europe apparently died. A lot of the big megafauna animals in Europe also died. That's why we don't have anything like giraffes or elephants or, you know, any like big things like lions or anything. There's none of those in Europe, is there? Nope, because they all got wiped out by flipping floods 
most likely, and and fires alternately, <laughs> which is a weird hellish experience to imagine, isn't it? But the, these meteor comes down, blast, 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 into the earth at the top, and that causes vaporization of loads of the ice caps, and then all that water pours out and then carves out England as it is. That's why some areas of England look like they do, because all this water just... <laughs> coming down literally as the as half of I don't even know the North Pole melts or whatever it is and it, the ice recedes to where it is and then the earth suddenly jumps in temperature the ice age ends to pretty much exactly where temperature is today slightly lower which then is much better sort of sustainable and usable climate for humans than an ice age isn't it imagine before that there were people here there were people here people have been here for like maybe 300,000 years or more Homo sapiens just like us, other people way longer, millions of years. <coughs> Excuse me. Homo erectus and these others, our cousins, they were here way before. Way, way before. But there's been five ice ages in human history. You're just born on ice and then you just slip and slide and you just die on ice. It's probably raining the entire time as well or snowing so people can't even see your tears. No one even knows that you're upset about this entire situation. I mean, you wouldn't know any better, but imagine just how hardy people were. You can't grow things as well. There's just less animals and all kinds of stuff. So after this comet hits the Earth, comets have sorted us out twice in human history, you know. Twice it's gone well for humans. The first one was the dinosaurs. They got blasted by a comet, didn't they? Huge one. Shaboom! Everything's dead, basically. Not everything, but a lot of things died. A lot of things in the sea didn't die. Um, which is why a lot of the sea creatures, like dolphins and stuff, haven't been exactly the same, but you can find like dolphin-style dinosaurs, which are pretty similar, whereas there's not really much that's like a dinosaur these days. I know we've got small lizards and like chickens and birds and stuff, and they come from dinosaurs, but a lot of stuff died, didn't it? It wiped out all the dinosaurs. There was a shrew-like creature running around at that point, one of the smallest mammals, that eventually, flipping 65 million years later, turned into us! Whoa, hey! So probably every time that shrew stuck its head out of its tiny little hole, it probably got eaten by a velociraptor. <laughs> and then it just—I just did a cat sound. That's not what most likely what a velociraptor sounded like, is it? I shouldn't try and do dinosaur impressions. But every time that flipping little mammal popped its head out, it just probably got munched, didn't it? By some velociraptors, like what a giant razor-toothed chicken, maybe with feathers, maybe without. <laughs> I don't even know. So that, that gave mammals chance to grow into something better once the dinosaurs had been wiped out. And then the climate was just awful for just most of human history. Not in everywhere, not in like Africa and places like that. Climates have been different. But in Northern Europe and stuff, it was mostly just ice. So people weren't getting very far. The Neanderthals were getting kind of far, but also not really. Nothing to like where we are now. 12,900 years ago, shaboom! And then the Earth's temperature rises to something more appropriate like now. And then that's non-coincidentally when farming takes over the Earth. And then we become an agricultural society which then allows human populations to explode into what they are now. And all of this is nothing really to do with today's podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have no notes. I'm just... I'm just chatting to you. <laughs> I'm just chatting to you, but let's get back to the let's get back to correct business at hand. Do you remember what I was talking about before? There's two categories of food. There's food for function and there's food for fun. Okay. If you only eat food for fun, you'll have very little or struggling function until eventually the biological machine that you live in breaks. If you eat only food for function, then you'll have no fun. 
I'm going to go on holiday. I'm going to eat nice things. You can watch me. <laughs> you can watch me if you want. And I'm also going to be slim while I do it. I am not going to let these things impact my health. I'm going to eat chocolate. I'm going to overeat at Christmas. I'm going to eat nice things on my birthday. I'm going to drink alcohol. All these things. I'm going to order desserts in between that. I'm going to order takeaway. I don't know about you. Most likely the same. I am not going to let this damage or impact my health negatively. I'm just not. I hope you choose not to do because it is possible. How do you do that? Balance, isn't it? You have to have some food for function and some food for fun. If you're struggling with your functions right now and you want to improve your health, you're trying to improve your health in some way, then aim more for foods for function. If you're in a good position right now, then all right. Have some more food for fun. If it starts to slide though, and you start to feel mentally or physically a little bit less than happy with where you are right now, then head more for foods for function. And is it as fun? No. That's why it's called food for function. This is why it's two categories. It's not as fun, you're right. You know, when I eat vegetables, it's not because I think they taste better than cake. I know, revolutionary, isn't it? But this is literally what some people feel. Like maybe that's, maybe that's a little bit of a feeling that I'm getting from this lady's question. She says, for someone with a sweet tooth who would happily replace meals with a chocolate bar, wouldn't most of us? You know, I would. If you could just yam down two chocolate bars and it didn't make no difference, just carry on with your day, tastes great, it takes one second to open it, costs flipping one pound, no prep, no washing up, munch it into your face, tastes great, highly pleasurable. If it made no difference, I would do that too. I would do, in fact, I've tried that. I don't know about you. I've tried that. I've tried eating loads of pizza every day. Literally, I used to do that when I was younger. I used to do that when I was younger, like when I was a kid and stuff like that. Not that my mum didn't used to cook healthy food. She did. But I used to eat a lot of chocolate and a lot of pizza. Loads. Almost every day. And if not, I would just choose that stuff at school, literally. If I was at comprehensive school or college or at university as well. Oh my God, I used to eat McDonald's nearly every day. Well, every day, literally. <clears throat> I would eat McDonald's. I've tried it before. I've tried it before. Maybe you're there. Maybe you've been there. You know, just pretty much a full junk food diet. Pretty much everything you eat is processed in some way. Highly processed, I should say. Highly calories. Highly calorie, yeah. Low nutrition density, whatever you want to say. I don't want to say it's bad food or unhealthy because it's not inherently in and of itself. But you know what I'm saying, don't you? Just like a very high junk food diet. And I felt like shit. I don't know about you. <laughs> my immune system was crap. My skin was crap. I used to have hay fever, asthma, eczema, psoriasis, low confidence. <laughs> Even though that's not the same. But you, literally, literally, my muscle mass was poor. My bones used to be weaker. That's literally true. My bones used to be a lot weaker. I used to have bad ankles and bad tendons and stuff, especially when trying to exercise. Now all of this is better. All of this is better. I used to have poor energy levels. Now I have great energy levels. I wake up at f between 5 and 6 a.m. every single day with no alarm. Ready to get out of bed as well, not feeling groggy or like shit. Sometimes I have to take a nap. Sometimes throughout the week, once or twice. I might take a little nap. I get up early. I exercise. I work hard. I walk. You know, I give lots of enthusiasm and energy to lots of things that I do in life. Sometimes I'm tired. But I feel great. Literally, I feel great. And I don't want to go back the other way because I still get to eat pizza now and chocolate. I just don't do it all the time. And I appreciate it more by not doing it all the time, which is one of the ironic things. It doesn't become normal. It becomes special. And it is special to me. <laughs> I, do, I do. I love it. I love food as much as anybody else. As much as anybody else. <clears throat> That's one of the reasons I believe I'm a good nutritionist because I get it. 
I get how you feel. I know, okay, I'm not in your exact situation. No one's in your exact situation, so don't judge me on that one. But I've been in a lot of situations and I've seen and helped people in thousands of situations. And yes, you will be a unique person if you require help. You will have different stresses and struggles to other people. But there's only so many different ways you can struggle. It's only food at the end of the day. I know it seems like a big deal sometimes, but it's only food. It's only eating a few different things. It's only what do you eat? All right, how could we eat a couple of different things? To make you feel better, not worse. You won't even feel worse about it. You'll feel better about it. You won't even feel worse. You'll feel better. You'll get to keep eating the things that you want to eat and you won't have to worry about your health. You know, or any stresses and struggles that you might be experiencing from your weight that's causing you to listen to this podcast or any improvements that you're trying to make. They'll just have been made. They'll just have been made and you, can, you ate what you wanted to eat while you were getting there anyway, even if it was slightly less or managed. It's not exactly a flipping slave labour, is it? It's not awful, I promise. You'll actually experience positives from it. You'll even appreciate your food more once you eat of it slightly less, which is just, it's just interesting to think about, isn't it? It's just interesting to think about. So do I want pizza every day? Yes. But do I eat it? No. Because it's not, with food, it's not just what it tastes like, is it? There's more to it than just that. People often judge food just for how much it costs and what does it taste like. Do I want to pay that much money for that much taste? That's what people literally judge food by. I'm not judging it for this and this is not what I encourage my people or my members or even you to do either. See food for what it really is, not just how much it costs your wallet or purse and what it tastes like, not just what is it and what does it cost, but what's in it and what is it doing to you. This is real. What is in that food and what is it doing to your body when you ingest that thing? Literally, this is important. If, you don't, if you're not taking this to, into account with the foods that you eat, then you're just eating food for fun just all the time. No food for function. Then you'll struggle with function and it's not a surprise. You can't just run a body on pizza. Not well and not successfully. It won't feel great. It's like saying, Connor, my car requires diesel, but I really, really, really like putting in unleaded petrol. It's cheaper. I like where the garage is. I like driving that way. It smells nicer. It looks nicer. You know, I really like putting in unleaded petrol, but my car requires diesel, so what should we do? I know I'm simplifying it down, but on some level, it's that there's just some types of fuel that different things need. If you're going to look after things, one of them being your body, another one being your car, your car has certain requirements. You have to you have to get it serviced. If it's like, oh, I don't like getting the car serviced though. All right then, well then it'll break, won't it? And if you take your car to the mechanic after 20 years of never getting it serviced or putting the right fuel in or changing its oil or doing anything like this, and then you're like, what's wrong with the car? The mechanic's going to say, oh. <laughs> that's literally what they're going to say aren't they you're going to be all going to be like the car doesn't work well and the mechanic's going to be like well obviously <laughs> obviously <laughs> and you're in a biological vehicle that's your body if you don't put the right things into it something similar will occur they'll just start to be little niggles and little problems and then they'll just exaggerate and exacerbate and just proliferate <laughs> you know you know so you've just got to create balance honestly it's better balance is literally best Honestly, it's better. You can have everything that you want in life and I really want you to. I am greedy and I am hell-bent and determined to get everything that I want in life. I will fight for it, literally. <laughs> I will. I will do what it takes to eat everything that I want to eat and eat lots of nice things and be able to eat desserts and order takeaway and go on holiday and I still will stay as slim as I want to be. 
And you can watch me if you want. Follow me online. <laughs> not, not that I necessarily... Well, I do show people what I eat. I comment about what I eat. Not often, but sometimes. Let's say semi-often into my own Six Steps to Slim group. Um, because I, I, want the, I, I want the members to see what I eat. Sometimes I comment when I eat good things. Quite often I comment when I eat poor things. I want my own members and the people I'm coaching to see how many times I quote-unquote screw it up or eat too much food or eat too many calories or, you know do the what is perceived to be the wrong thing. I want them to see that I do that often, like they do, but I'm still slim and healthy. And I want them to think, what? How's that working out? Because it's not all the time. Even if I screw it up two days a week, I'm eating well five days a week. Now what? Now what? I'll tell you what, health. <laughs> if, you eat, if you only eat poorly two days a week and you eat great five, oh, you're in a good position. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you for one. <laughs> you can even go three, four. It'll take longer, but you'll get there. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. If you do six, one, six days good, one day not so good. Oh, oh, cooking on gas. We're burning it like firewood, aren't we? You don't even need to go seven for seven. Now you're making it boring and hard for yourself. I don't even recommend that if you've heard any of my podcasts about diet fatigue or about just how to make the diet more realistic and better for yourself. So it's just about balancing that way too. There's other similar analogies that you can think about like finances, for example. It's a similar question. Connor, I, I'm struggling a bit with my health or body weight position, but I want to eat, eat junk food or high calorie food, whatever you want to call it. Because I really love it, what should I do? It's the same question as, hey Connor, I'm struggling financially, but I really like to buy nice clothes and jewellery or loads of shoes. What should I do? What do you recommend? There has to be some level of acceptance that you can't just blast all of your money on holidays, clothes or shoes. <laughs> if you want to be in a good financial situation, you might love those things. And every time you see a holiday or some jewellery or some clothes or shoes or, you know, whatever you like, if it's technology, all right, you see a new thing, you're like, oh shit, I want that. If you, if you do, if you just buy every single thing that you want, You've just got to accept that that's just not going to go well for your financial situation, isn't it? It has to be a little bit more balanced than that. It's the same with the food. If every single thing that you see and you think, oh, I want that, because it costs little money for food, very little money. If you think, oh, I want that, and you can have it, you can. You're a human with free will. You can get it. You can get it. Again and again, literally. But if you do, you've just got to accept that your health situation is just not going to be in the best position. It's just not going to be in the best position. You just can't always do what you want. Sometimes you need to do what you need to do. Sometimes it's save a little bit of money or wait before you buy that thing. Sometimes it's the same with the food. Sometimes you need to save a few calories or wait until you eat that thing. Save it till the weekend or next weekend. <coughs> you, you know, or something. Just balance it out. Just spread it out. That's literally all that it is. That's literally all that it is. There's more to life. With balance, you'll realise and experience that there's more to life than what you taste. Taste is only one of your five senses for a start. Literally. Don't go all in and go too deep on just one of your senses. Especially not taste. Especially not taste. You wouldn't rather be blind than not be able to taste. From this, you should be able to extrapolate that seeing things is better for your life and will bring you more wondrous and wide-ranging experiences like traveling the world or seeing your loved ones experiencing this thing there's more sensations that can happen in your life than what you taste literally try not to just go all in on taste especially if it's not to the, det to the detriment of other things 
Like, for example, Lynn Robertson on one of our recent podcasts, one of the Slum Society's sporting coaches, she said that now that she's lost weight, she can adventure more. She's been walking over styes and styles or styes. I can't what, what. I think a sty is one of those things that pops up on your eye, isn't it? It must be a style. I don't know. I'm not a man of the farmland. <laughs> Whatever those wood little steps are that are in between fields and in between fences. She's been climbing over those. She's been going over rivers. She's been adventuring places she would have never even been able to get to. She's been throughout lockdown exploring her own village and surroundings and she lives in a really nice place. But she said she'd not experienced it in that level or depth before because she couldn't have walked that far, literally. She's having more experience because she's eating a bit less. And she'll even confirm to you, as will other people who've, I won't say dieted, but I'll say eaten healthier. Like I said, you experience the pleasure of your food more as well, so you actually get more out of life. So just make sure the things that you're tasting, all the food for fun, it's not robbing you of other fun in other places, then how fun really is it? If it's literally restricting you, if you can't play with your grandkids, or run around with your children, or visit this place that you want to visit, maybe you want to, I don't know, walk up a mountain. One of my clients literally told me the other day, one of her goals after she's lost weight is to get a sailing qualification. She's just, she can do it now. She's just worried about it due to her weight. She just doesn't feel like it's the best thing to do. She wants to, she wants to sail one of these boats that doesn't even have an engine. It just has like, I don't know, it's some kind of like circular piece of wood <laughs> with a big sail on it. It's just wind powered only. I'm like, oh my Lord. <laughs> I'm not a nautical gentleman either, flipping heck. I don't know nothing about this. Sounds wild though, eh? Sounds wild. But she doesn't feel too comfortable doing these kind of, I don't know, wood surfings of the world. At the body weight she is at now, which is her, that's, that's just her and how she feels, isn't it? That's just her and how she feels. No one's telling her that. That's just literally how she feels. Okay, and I'm just there to help her. I'm just there to help her. But if, if you're... If the food that you're eating and then your weight from that is restricting what you're getting from life or can do or how you're experiencing life, like if you're in pain every single day or some people have got to take loads of tablets and, you know, if it's just not making you feel good and you're experiencing these issues. Honestly, the eating healthy is not that hard. It's not, you don't even have to go full hog like you think you do. A lot of people overestimate the amount of change they've got to make but underestimate the amount of time it's going to take. The first one again, a lot of people overestimate the amount of change they've got to make. Most of you don't have to change that much to lose weight. I, I do very small changes with my members and they experience phenomenal results to the point they're shocked most of the time. But it's because we do very specific changes we work on the big rocks, we work with efficiency, we work with calories, which is the correct variable. So we do a few lit, little calorie swaps, but this can remove big chunks of calories overall from people's diet sometimes, and then their weight starts shooting down and they're still eating 95% of everything that they've always been eating. We've just taken out or swapped a couple of the higher calorie things and not much has changed, but a whole lot changes. Not much has changed, but a whole lot changes literally. <clears throat> so just go for balance. Go for balance. I think that's it from me on 
I think that's it from me on point number one. We've got another question. I'm going to be shorter on this one. I'm going to be shorter on this one. I shall be more succinct. Question two was also, what are your thoughts on anyone who goes on a diet will gain back more weight than they lost when they stop? All right, question question number two. This is true <laughs> for a start. This is true. People who go on diets gain back on average, it's 90% of people within one to two years gain back on average more weight than they lost when you go on a diet. This is exactly true. Whether you join Skinny Watchers or Weight World, <laughs> whether you do a Cambridge plan or you buy strange supplements or you go keto <laughs> or you do any of these type of things or you do any of these type of things. You'll lose weight. Yep. You'll lose weight. If you stick to it, yep, you'll stick to it. But that's the problem. How long can you stick to it? You can't stick to it forever. Can you stick to it forever? No. So will the weight come back at the end? Yes, because you'll go back to normal, won't you? Because you only understand two ways of eating. Normal, which is getting you to where, to, to where you don't want to be. And then this ridiculously aggressive low calorie way of eating that gets weight off, yes, but can you stick to it? No. So then after you can't stick to it, you go back to normal. That once again takes you back to where you were before, the place where you didn't want to be. And often it rebounds harder. It does because it's harder to lose weight than it is to gain it. It's harder to get rid of those calories than it is to consume them. You know that it is. So the amount of restriction and pain and effort it takes to get rid of it versus how easy it is to gain it back, most people just rebound higher when you go on a diet. So do you know what I would recommend to you? Just don't go on a diet. Well, what do you mean, Connor? Well, no, no one on my six steps to slim is on a diet. And ask the members if you wish. <laughs> We've even got a two-week free trial. You can come and join and ask. Join one of the Zoom meetings. We have Zoom meetings and stuff. We just chat. So it's just like this, except there's more people and they chip in as well. And we go back and forth. Ask them. Most of them will confirm they do not feel like they're on a diet. Are they trying to eat healthier? Yes, but that's the thing. They're not on a diet. You can't stick to a plan. So do you know what there is on my program? There isn't a plan. Not in the way that you're thinking about it anyway. Of course, there's... Of course, there's a plan. <laughs> Just use it. But, but not in the way that you're thinking of it. There's no meal plan. There's not really any food rules. I don't tell people what they can and can't eat because that's not how fat loss works. You can eat anything you want. We just have to balance it. We just have to start. It's more about the calories, isn't it, than the actual food. So you can eat whatever makes you feel good. And will I help you change the foods and decide what to eat? Yes, because I want you to decide what to eat that makes you feel good. But I'm not going to be telling you that you can't eat this and you must eat that because that just gives you unnecessary restriction, which is not even how, it's not even how the game works. So that's not how we play. We, we, we play by the rules and we play to win, literally. So we play properly. So we look for these small changes in people's diets and we just we just help people eat healthier. That's literally it. It's just it's just helping people eat healthier. First thing we would do is I would look at your diet with you. You do a little food diary. Fill your foods that you eat roughly into an app on your phone. I can see what you put into this app wherever you are in the world anytime I want. So I can I can see what you put into this app, what foods you write down you've eaten. Then we both have a look at your diet and then we try and make a little swap or two. I mean, genius. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, how did you come up with this amazing program, Connor? Oh my God. I mean, no. <laughs> Is it? It's flipping as basic as it can be. And that's a good thing because basics are best. That's a, that's a reason, that's why they're the basics, you know. Because <laughs> it's the foundations and it's the fundamentals. 
it's what you need, so it's what we're going to do. There's no plan like you're thinking of. There's no meal plan. There's no rule book. There's just, what is your diet like now? Okay, where could we make a little improvement or two? Let's give it a shot. If you do it, we'll carry on. We'll either keep those improvements or we'll add more. If you don't do it, we'll look for some different ones or we'll practice until we do. That's it. I would encourage you, if you can't stick to a plan, which you know you can't, then don't get a plan like that. Just start eating healthier. Just look at your diet honestly and openly or get someone to help like what we do, but just look at your diet honestly and openly and just start making little healthier changes here and there. Don't rush, because rushing's not gonna help. You've tried rushing it before. It just restricts you more and then you just rebound harder. Just don't do that. Just be realistic with yourself, set simple small goals and just start making little healthier eating changes. People who, who go on diets gain back more weight than they lost, yes. So stop going on diets. Stop that. <laughs> You've tried it 59 times, just look, it's not gonna work. That's not the correct way to go about things. I know, marketing and adverts, they tell you it is, I know. Maybe the people who create these things think that it is. I don't know. I don't know if they're that stupid or if they're just having your pants down, if they're just con artists. I'm not sure. I don't know if they don't know what they're doing and it's why their programs suck. If, if, if they're in blissful awareness and they think they're doing the right things and just don't see the truth or what's going on. Or if they're just snake oil salesmen. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, it doesn't matter because it's not the way to go and it's not going to work. Just... No more diets, no more meal plans, no more keto this or low carb that or flipping Terri-Ann 129 or any of these. <laughs> just, just start eating just bits healthier here and there. Cut down on a treat or two. Have a treat or two tomorrow rather than every day. You know, maybe drink a little bit less if that's for you. I'm not even saying stop. I'm not saying stop any of these things. Just balance. Food for function, food for fun. Go with them together. Just improve your diet, don't do a diet. Food for function, food for fun, create balance. That's been the theme of the show today, hasn't it? All right, what do you think? I agree, I don't know about you. <laughs> I agree, I also think that's enough from me for one day. I think I've given you enough of an ear beating for one day, don't you think? It's been lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to spend this time with you. I hope that helped. I hope it gave you a little bit of information, education, motivation, you know, to do with your fat loss, fitness, and food. Send me a message. We can chat. If you want help, send me a message. We can chat. Go to Facebook. Um, type in Slum Society. It comes straight up. Or go to slumsociety.co.uk and there's about a million flipping message boxes on basically every page of that website if you scroll down to the bottom. <laughs> or there's a contact us bit, of course. It says contact us, but secretly it's contact me. <laughs> the emails come straight to me, literally. It comes straight to me if you go onto the the Facebook's link to my phone. There's um, and the there's the contact boxes on the website, which are also coming straight through to me. So if you want help, if you want support or anything like this, if you want help eating better, feeling better, any of this business, then come send me a message. We can just talk for a start. I send information to and book a phone call and ask a little chat with everybody who wants to join the program. Just so I can get to know you, tell you how the program works, ask you about your goals, see who you are, see what we're working with, see if I can do something to help you. But thank you for listening. It's been lovely to spend this time with you. I have been Connor Rhodes. Stay in touch, subscribe. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you and I'll see you again soon.